Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well. Thank you for joining me. I am joined once more by my pastor and friend, Jim Osman. Jim is the pastor, uh, teaching elder of Kootenai Community Church. Jim, is there a difference between elder and pastor? <laughs> no, not biblically. Not biblically. Okay. No, in Southern Baptist churches there is. In fact, most churches there is, but not biblically there's not. No. Nope. Okay. So you you have you have, and I know this because I know you know a member of the church. But you're just feeding me. You're I'm just putting just, a bump on a tee for me. Right. I'm putting the ball on the tee for you. You you have no more authority, say so, in the church than do any of the other three. There's four elders, right? At Kootenai. Yep. Yep. And you've got no more power authority than than any of the other three. No, I, I happen to be the most visible of the four, but only by virtue of the fact that I do the majority of the preaching on Sunday morning. Right. But in terms of in terms of responsibility, accountability before God and authority in the lives of people or in the business of the church, uh, I have no more than, than they do. We are equals in, in our ministry and what we do. Yeah. And so you're not the CEO. No. Uh, what you say isn't isn't law the law of the land. Mm-mm. Uh, uh, but at the end of the service, you do take the uh, offering box and go back... <laughs> into your little cubby hole and go through everybody's checks, see who's giving oh, what, yeah, right? I mean, No, we don't do that. <laughs> I've never seen, I shouldn't say I've never seen a single check that somebody has given to the church. I, I did see one, but I, I never see the offering. Yeah. No. And he doesn't, dear friends. I know this from personal experience because I actually one time tried to give him a check for some books that I purchased from him and he didn't even want to look at it. So, I mean, he, uh, Jim has no idea who gives what. Um, uh, this, this, is, this is the way. I know what I give. You know what you get. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you do. But uh, but uh, that's that's about it. Uh, and and no church is perfect, and you know Kootenai is not perfect because no church is. But um, I, I will say that Kootenai is is run as well as any church I've ever been a part of, and um, uh, it's 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 run by a plurality of elders, and that's a very very important thing. And We'll revisit that on some future programs. What we mean by that is yeah. Sometime we should just do a whole series of programs on eldership. Yeah, we. In fact, it would be good to get one of our other elders in here to talk about that. Dave Rich would be a good one to bring in here and and talk. He did a a series on our website on biblical eldership, and um, he's got a great brain. It'd be good to do a series of of programs with Dave. Yeah, yeah, it sure would. Yeah, we'll do that. We will. All right. Well, I'm back uh, because you got me sidetracked last time. What's that? I'm back because you got me oh, sidetracked yeah. last time. <laughs> I know, but I hope you enjoyed yesterday's program, dear ones. If you haven't listened to it, go uh, go back and listen to it because uh, Jim told us about how how it was that uh, Kootenai Community Church came to acquire the building that is currently being um, prepared, and uh, hopefully, Lord willing, will, by the end of the year, will be ready for us to kind of move in and uh, start worshiping there rather than doing the church in the box thing that that uh, we've currently doing and have been doing for 15 years not that i've been here that long but uh, <laughs> anyway but it it, it truly is uh is encouraging for me to hear the story again how god sovereignly works through the lives even of unbelievers is is that gentleman still alive David no Miller? no he died his 
His wife died shortly after we acquired the building or the property from him in 2000. And he died, uh, I'm going to say probably about six or seven years ago now, if memory serves me correct. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah. And as far as we know, died an unbeliever. Died an unbeliever, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not because he didn't hear the gospel. Uh, all right. Well, Jim, let's... Uh, you're you're becoming a prolific writer. Uh, you're giving me an inferiority complex because you've now you're now you've got your third book out. I've only got one out, but uh, I, we, I should interview you about your book. Yeah, you, maybe you, you should, should have you should have. So you've interviewed me about my books. You should have a a radio program where you hand it over to me and I interview you about your book on your program. That that's okay. A, that's a lot of Justin Peters to go around. You could have a <laughs> Justin Peters program where Justin Peters is interviewed about Justin Peters' book. All right. If you write a book about Justin Peters, you could have a Justin Peters being interviewed about <laughs> Justin Peters writing his book about Justin Peters. Well, <laughs> that sounds fascinating. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, we should do. We should do a, a, a show or two. You, we can turn the tables. You can interview yeah. me. Play um, stump the preacher, which shouldn't be too hard, especially given that I walk on crutches. <laughs> Trip the preacher. That's, even That's easier. easier. That's easier. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. Um, what do you want to talk about this time around? This time around, I get, want us get to, to the point. Get to the point. All right, we won't get too sidetracked this time. All right, so your third book is you, out. You were, talking about, the you were talking about me. Get back to that was, as soon as you can. Yeah, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. All right, all right. So back to back to Jim Osmond. You're you're wanting to. Um, you've got some more books in the hopper, so to speak. And your next book is dealing with an issue about which I teach regularly in my own seminar and that is hearing from god right now you don't you don't yet have a working title i don't have a working title but i did do a series of articles on this subject um early on in my pastoral ministry kind of like the spiritual warfare series uh that i did i had a lot of people asking me about that and and i had grown up um early or i lived early in my christian life believing that god speaks to us through a still small voice and impression a nudging, a prompting, a sign, tea leaves, magazines, shapes in the clouds, or whatever it is, that all of these things can give us revelations of God's will. So my first year at Bible college, I was in great angst as to whether or not I should come back for a second year at Bible college. And I didn't know. And I was praying that God would reveal this to me. Do I do I step out in faith and come back for a second year or, or stop after my first year and, and go on with life and do what I had planned to do, which was to become a certified public accountant and, and go off into the business world? And I was asking God, begging God to give me some kind of direction, and the heavens seemed to be silent. God seemed to be silent but with any kind of an answer. And all of my friends in Bible college would say, well, the Lord spoke to my heart and told me, and the Lord told me this. And I was getting nothing. And I thought, what, why am I just not spiritual enough? Do I, do, have I not tuned into the frequency of hearing God's voice adequately enough to, to get these revelations? And, and it was really a crisis of faith for me that I, I even started to think maybe I'm not even saved because God's not giving me personalized directions. And um, so eventually, I'm going to skip past all of the stuff in the interim, but eventually I came to understand that God speaks to us in his word and that that is sufficient. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a long journey from wanting to see God speak to you through a shape in the clouds. You know, maybe even a cloud shaped in the letter Y for yes or N for no would have been sufficient for me. <laughs> I would have taken that as divine revelation right. to now all of a sudden, now after a long period of time, believing that God speaks to us in his word and that is sufficient. 
So I wrote a series of articles dealing with that. Does God, what about the still small voice that Elijah heard? What about Gideon and his fleece? What about, I've got a piece about it. What about num- nudgings and promptings and the thoughts? Are these revelations of God and signs and people God speaking to us through circumstances and, the, and these other things? Does God really speak to us in this way? And, and I wrote, I think it was 14 articles on that subject uh, that I posted in, or published in our church newsletter and then posted online on our website. And um, up until recently, that was one of the most visited and requested um, and downloaded series of articles was that article dealing, those articles dealing with how does God speak to us and the sufficiency of scripture. That, that was actually supposed to be my first book. Before I wrote Truth or Territory, I was going to turn those articles into a book for a fundraiser for the church. So what I did is I, I took those articles and I started going back and revising them. I started at the beginning and, and without the constraints of a printed newsletter, I, ju- I just said, what would, what, would I, what would I say here if I didn't have any constraints of space? And so I expanded them and some of those articles became 50% to 100% longer than they originally were. And those were going to become chapters. I got through about five of those and at the time I was writing an art- a series of articles on spiritual warfare. So I set aside the revision of the hearing the voice of God stuff. And I said, I'm just going to focus on getting this series of articles on spiritual warfare done so I can get that out of my hair. I'll get you know right ahead so that I'm months ahead on that. And I'll push that off to the side. And then I'll jump back on getting this book done on hearing the voice of God. And, and then so I, I did that. And I started focusing on the articles on spiritual warfare to finish that series. And then I thought, why don't I just make this my first book? And I'm already here writing it. And why don't I just take what I'm writing and write it and make it a book? So I did that. I turned those into a book, and and then I got and then I had already written some articles on the selling the stairway to heaven. So I thought I'll turn that into a book. So I did that, and uh, then I kind of jumped onto the I needed some articles for the newsletter. So I jumped on the Psalm 73 and the prosperity of the wicked and turned that into a book. And so now what should have been my first book is now probably going to end up being my fourth book on how does God speak to us and yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. That's what that's uh, the bulk of my reading. Yeah, yeah, and well, you've, you've, there's no shortage of uh, reading material out there. I have got a I've got a shelf. Well, I'm sitting next to a shelf load full of your garbage here in the, here in your office on on God speaking to us, and and I have some of the very same books I I bought. And this it pains me it pains me greatly to do this to give these these clowns my my money, but I went out and I bought books by uh, Priscilla Schreier and. I bought um, Dallas Willard, Hearing God, and I bought uh, Bill Hybels, The Power of a Whisper, and I think probably 14 or 15 of these books. Robert were, Morris, Frequency. Frequency, I got that one in ebook, yeah, Kindle. And I just finished that one recently. That was the most recent one that I finished was Frequency. So I, I purchased, and I just got for, for, uh, Priscilla Schreier's new book on Hearing God yesterday in uh, in the mail. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to jumping into that. I've... Priscilla Shire is the daughter of Tony Evans. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, this book is this book is published by Moody Publishers. Okay. So I thought she was uh, I thought she was an NRA, or NRA, <laughs> not NRA, NAR. Yeah, she New Apostolic Reformation. She packs her AR-15 everywhere she now. <laughs> I thought she was New Apostolic Reformation, but I must be thinking of a different Priscilla, or. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, she's yeah, she's a. Who's, who's she, the girl that talks about the Holy Spirit being blue and? Uh, oh, that uh, the Holy Spirit blue, like the genie in Aladdin. King, King. Uh, well, there's. I mean, what's her What's her name? King. Uh, Patricia King. Patricia King. That's who I was thinking okay. of. Priscilla Schreier. Okay. But After that you, big deviation from the subject matter, but anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 hard to keep them all straight because every 
practically every prominent false teacher out there has a book on this subject. Right. I mean, they, they all do. And even some teachers that should uh, should know better have books on this yeah. subject. It, Charles Stanley has a book on the subject called "How to Hear God" or "How to How How to Hear God Speak" or something like that. I remember, and that's that's a how to I listen get, to God. How to listen to God. Yeah. I, that's not a that's not an uncommon thing from Charles Stanley. No, uh, I regularly, I, I say regularly. I don't watch him a lot, but every once maybe I watch him a full sermon maybe once a month. It's not uncommon to hear him t- t- talk about how God talks to him. He thinks that God talks to him, and he this is a pretty regular thing. With even Stanley. among even among Orthodox guys, this is this is uh, like the spiritual warfare thing, which you don't have to go out. You don't have to go into charismatic or wingding churches to no. hear people bind Satan and renounce curses and pray hedges of thorns, etc. You can have that in your your average non denominational Bible believing community, non denominational or Baptist church, right. uh, conservative, otherwise cessationist conservative churches that that supposedly have a high view of Scripture. You can see practices like that. And I think it's the same thing with hearing the voice of God. It's become this whole idea that God led me, he spoke to me, he impressed it upon my heart, he's giving me guidance. <clears throat> this has become part of the vernacular of, of Christianity. Yeah. To, to the point where we, we end up, even even though we would never say God is giving us continual continuing revelation outside of Scripture that is on par with Scripture, though people wouldn't affirm that the way I've just described it, they will say God led me, he spoke to me, he told me, he laid it on my heart. And they're really saying the exact same thing. God has revealed or spoken to me something that is not in his word. Right, right. And there's, I, I tell people that 40 years ago, if you go back, let's say 40 years ago, if you heard somebody say, God spoke to me, God told me this, God told me that, God told me to tell you, you need to do such and such. God, yeah. You know, God did all this. 40 plus years ago, that would be relegated to the charismatic wing ding, wing nut, yep. pew jumping, tambourine shaking rattlesnake handling kind mm-hmm. of stuff yep now it's mainstream right now it is in practically every theoretically non-charismatic church yes thank you moody publishers thank you zondervan thank you university press yeah for publishing these books right thank you southern baptist denomination lifeway lifeway yeah thank you lifeway uh thanks to all of those people now we have people, we have entire churches, and, and most of Christianity looks for revelation outside of Scripture. Right. And and one of the challenges of writing a book like this that I intend on dealing with this issue is that people people feel like when you, when you tell them, no, God did not lay that upon your heart, or God did not speak to your heart, he's not guiding you through promptings, people feel like you're taking away from them something, their, their communication with God, right? They've got the red bat phone. That is their direct line of communication <laughs> with God. And, and it rings every once in a while, flashes red, and they pick it up. And they've got a direct line there. And they can talk to God, and God talks back to them. And it's a conversational, personal relationship. And then you tell them, no, your red bat phone is nothing more than just a plastic bat phone that flashes once in a while. You think you're hearing from God, but not necessarily. Right. <laughs> they feel like you have just ripped them of all the, the personal aspect of, of their relationship with God. Yeah. You know, you, now, 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 God all of a sudden is distant, and and I think that actually it, it, it all comes back to our perspective on how we believe God is involved in the details of our lives. Right, right, and uh, and yet God says, you know, it's not my word. Pardon the phone. That's that's God calling. <laughs> Speaking of bad phones, that's, that's Jesus calling. Okay, back before we were so uh, rudely interrupted, I, I started to say, God says in his word, is, is my word not like 
a fire and a hammer which shatters the rock. And yet we've got this this notion that if if all you've got is the Bible and you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that's boring. Mm-hmm. Somehow that's boring. Somehow that's not enough. Uh, but to really have the fullness, have the abundant John ten ten life, have the abundant life, uh, and and to really have a vibrant relationship, we hear this all the time. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. When we hear that nowadays, we think of somebody that you that you talk to, and he talks back, and you hear him, and all this kind of stuff. Well, this is a modern day version of Gnosticism, right? That's yeah, got to be a two way conversation. It's got to be a two. If God doesn't speak back to me in a personalized way where I am hearing something from him that I can't get in Scripture, then it's not really a relationship. So all these books that I've mentioned that I bought and I'm reading, they, they all have that same, that, that, is the, that is the assumption at the beginning of every book where they say that. Our relationship with God is a two-way conversation. They'll, they'll use that phraseology. It has to be a two-way conversation. Prayer is a two-way street. That's what they say, but I believe that my relationship with God is a two-way conversation. I speak to him in prayer. He speaks to me in his word. And 40-plus years ago, every non-charismatic evangelical would have understood that. Yeah. That we talk to God in prayer. He talks to us in the Through Bible. But now nobody understands that. And <laughs> no. and as you said, thank you, Zondervan, and, and thank you, Lifeway, and thank you, the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Moody Press. Moody Press. And thank you, um, Henry Blackaby, Experiencing yeah. God. I, I would say Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby has been the, the thing... That is singularly most responsible, not totality, but singularly most responsible for introducing charismatic theology into non-charismatic churches. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. He, he's made, he certainly made it prevalent among Southern Baptists, and I think what I think what Henry Blackaby did was kind of mainstream that idea, or at least make it intellectually credible among Southern Baptists, because he he took probably something that was already creeping into evangelicalism and he made a Bible study out of it and he made an Experiencing God workbook out of it and Bible studies and Sunday school curriculum so that basically it kind of made it, it lent it the air of credibility because now it's, well now there's a whole study on scriptures that teach us that this is the case. This can't be something that's relegated to charismatic circles anymore. We have a whole Bible study that tells us that this is how God speaks to us. Yeah, right. Well, I think that's going to be, it's going to be a very needed book and uh it'll, it'll it's going to be good. monumental it's a huge i wasn't realizing how big of a project i'm really biting off with this oh, yeah. i think it's going to be enormous because i want to i want to include a chapter on the new apostolic reformation as well um because there's you know that's kind of an, ex, I mean, an extreme end of that spectrum and and really what i'm coming to what i'm coming to see is that there is this amongst those who think that god is continually speaking with us today or still speaking with us today there's there's a spectrum you have on on one hand um quote-unquote cessationist, conservative, Bible-believing, evangelical, non-charismatics. And right. in that camp, I would put, though they're not functionally this way, they are, this would be their profession, Bill Hybels and Charles Stanley. Then you have sort of your classic... That we, we have our own theological... Well, there, there's other issues, theological issues. Oh, absolutely, with. yeah, absolutely. But they're on, they're on what would be considered sort of the conservative Baptist type of... Uh, and Henry Blackaby would be in that camp, right? right. They're, they're not considered charismatic evangelicals. Yeah. Um, and I have tons of issues with all three of those guys, but you right. know, they would be on one end of that spectrum. And then kind of moving into charismatic, you got guys like Jack Deere, um, Surprised by the Spirit, Surprised by the Voice of God. I have both of those books. i got to wade through all of that tripe <laughs> and read that. And then 
and then you got sort of more extreme charismatics, and then you got the New Apostolic Reformation, all of whom believe that God is speaking to us through still small voices, not nudgings and promptings, etc. Yeah. So you can't you can't in dealing with the subject matter, you can't paint with a, a broad brush. You can't put Bill Hybels and Charles Stanley in the same camp as. Um, Bill Johnson. Yeah, Eckhart and Bill Johnson, New Apostolic Reformation. Though they have similarities, it's unfair to to paint them all in that way. They don't... Bill Hybels and, and Charles Stanley would not have a heretical view of the second person of the deity. Of the, right. They wouldn't have a, a... Like Bill Johnson does. He's got right. a completely different Jesus, and right. we wouldn't necessarily... We wouldn't say that about Bill Hybels and Charles Stanley, though there are significant issues there. Right. But what they all have in common is that they all believe that God speaks in a direct, quotable sense outside of the scriptures. Yeah, correct. And error always begets more error. Yeah. Paul says it spreads like gangrene, right? Error always begets more error. Right. And so that's, uh, it's, it's going to be a huge, a huge writing project. And I've got, uh, I've got all the, all the text that I had in the articles, and kind of putting, but I, in reading through that, I just realized that it's, it's, all of this has to be real, really reworked. And I know that I'm in doing this. It's like with Truth or Territory, I'm going to be attacking somebody's sacred cow, yeah. and I'm going to be, I'm going to be poking a bee's nest. I think um, with how I would go about doing this, and and I want to make sure I got that I'm well researched and it's well, it's well articulated, it's clear, it's concise, it's accurate, and that I'm accurately portraying what some of these folks teach. And that's why I've been wading through all of their, all of their stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's it's hard, but that, that's the next that's the next writing project. And yeah. I, I don't know. I hate to even put a date on when that'll be out, but I'm I'm hoping that I. Right now, I'm trying to get it. We're trying to get our new building finished and get into that. So it's going yeah. slower than I would like, but I'm I'm hoping sometime 2018, 2019. Yeah, good deal. And then, yet further down the road, further uh, down the road, we got, and we're running out of time here. So I'll give you some quick things that I, that I, these are kind of in the back of my mind. I'd love to do a, I'd love to do a book on the seven sayings of the cross that Jesus did, and 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 have a whole chapter, maybe two, dealing with the "My God, My God, Why Have You Forsaken Me?" and the theology yeah. behind that. So there have been other books. I think Erwin Lutzer did a book on the seven sayings of the cross, and there was another man who wrote one, and I need to read that. And I think that my my unique contribution in that realm would be to to take each of these sayings of the cross and tie them in with the Old Testament expectation of the Messiah, what the Jews anticipated, and um, and how this would fulfill Old Testament prophecies regarding the Messiah, and um, and the unique unique ways in which each of these seven sayings from the cross um, tells us about who Christ is and what He was doing on the cross. So it kind of be really a theological treatment on dealing with atonement. Um, the humanity and the deity of Christ and Old Testament messianic expectation, kind of putting all those together in, in an expository, exegetical kind of uh, dealing with each of those passages, yeah. and maybe even a harmony of the Gospels regarding the crucifixion accounts. Um, another book that I would like to do is Twisted Scripture, and uh, and this would just be a collection of commonly abused scripture references my sheep hear my voice therefore jesus speaks to us privately touch not god's anointed and a whole bunch of passages of scripture that are typically abused and misused and, and then to give a proper exegesis of those passages in their context and yeah. so i've just been collecting those and that wouldn't be really a unique contribution because i think there are other men who have done books like that um i don't have to do some research on it that i was telling jim off there that's even a a, a book that i've i've kind of got 
bouncing around in my mind that I would like to do in some of those. Maybe we could co-write it. There you go. <laughs> and then and then another one that I'd like to do sometime in the future is a book on the resurrection of Christ, but dealing with a harmony of the resurrection accounts uh, in all the Gospels, showing how all of the details can fit together, and they're not disparate, irreconcilable accounts of the Gospels. And then also dealing with the theology of resurrection from the perspective of how central is it to the faith of the New Testament and walk through the preaching of the apostles through the book of Acts and the centrality of the resurrection in Paul's teaching for our salvation, security, and sanctification. And then deal with guys like Marcus Borg and others who deny the resurrection and deny that it is essential to the historic Christian faith. So everything that I try and write, I'm trying to write things that are unique. You know, I'm not going to write a book on preaching or eschatology or stuff like that. There's hundreds of books out there on that stuff, and I don't think that I can make any kind of a unique contribution that would be worth people spending money on. So I'm trying to trying to write things that I think I would have a, a unique ability to make a contribution that others haven't. Yeah, indeed. All right, dear ones, thank you very much for joining me, Jim. Thank you, brother. Hey, sorry it was so much about me. No, it's that's that's <laughs> the way it's supposed to be, man. I, that's uh, good. Gives me a, a little bit of a break in uh, in prep time for my radio programs. Enough about me. What do you like about me? Yeah. What, <laughs> all right, oh, dear ones, thank you. I, I, I trust this, this week has been encouraging for you. It has been for me as well. And uh, we are running out of time, but if you want to learn more about GM Kootenai Church, go to kootenaichurch.org, K-O-O-T-E-N, as in Nancy, A-I, church.org. Until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.